Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 42 of Mortally Wounded. I'm your host, Chris, and joining me as ever is my lovely co-host, James. G'day, James. How are you doing? Hello, Chris. It's good to be back. Yes, I'm well, thank you. I'm currently in the throes of another Sydney lockdown. I'm at ground zero. Um, <laughs> I'm staying um, I'm staying in a cabin on base at work. And uh, yeah, uh, it could be worse. I've got like nice harbour views. Um things like that. So and I can get out and do a bit of um, bit of exercise um, off site for a little bit each day. So that keeps me, uh, keeps my mental health in check. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of none stuck of this, here with none of this hotel quarantine with security guards outside your door. No, no, no. <laughs> but I actually I had the sniffles a little bit um, oh. last week. So I was, I was feeling a bit sketchy. And so I went and got tested and everything. And no, it was fine, and the test came through around really quick, uh, so just cracked on after that. But um, yeah, I I've kind of, I've been here for like two the last two weekends. I've I've had to stay home. Usually, I've been going home on weekends uh, back to Goulburn. So I'm in Sydney for listeners. Not sure. I'm just on just in Sydney for three months on a, a training course. Uh, but um, yeah, going home weekends, but haven't been able to because of the lockdown. Uh, the last two weeks, weekends, probably at the rate things are going, not this weekend either. So uh, I've been bringing hobby with me on base, but this the last time I came up, I thought I'll just bring some zombies to build and I didn't bring anything else. So I've got no paints. I've been stuck here for three weeks without paints, no no other models uh. and just, just a pile of grey sprues of zombies waiting to be built. So I've built about 20 of those, but, yeah, I should have built a lot more by now. <laughs> the, the hobby... Um, the hobby inspiration and and motivation has evaporated <laughs> in the last few weeks. So oh, um, that sucks yeah. because it'd be the yeah. perfect time. It'd be the perfect time to just sit oh. in pain as well. Yeah, I was spewing. I was like, oh my god, all that, all those little night haunt bits and pieces that I've got primed, ready to start painting, would have just been perfect because I'm not. I'm just painting them with acrylics. So I'm not. I'm not having to use. I'm not using oils or enamels or anything like that. It's just doing it. Um, the usual way with the usual painting style with them to keep them cohesive with the rest of the army. So I was like, you know, I'll paint that, um, you know, I'll paint that night of shrouds and ethereal steed and I'll, you know, get those, I'll get those glaive red stalkers done. You know, they've just been sitting there waiting for ages, but oh well, such is life. And here we are, but um, been enjoying um, keeping up to date as best I can with all the AOS three stuff. Uh, been yes. having a look at lists and things like that. Uh, another reason, you know, another thing spewing, I couldn't get the GHB and I've got the core book and the GHB on order, um, but weren't able to pick them up, unfortunately. So kind of in, still in the dark a bit with all the GHB stuff. I'm keen to get my, you know, get my hands on that and really absorb that so I can uh, start writing the players pack for Gulban Smash in September. So, um, and also, yeah, just for my own hobby, just to get some, some lists out and, um, but yeah, speaking of lists though, War Scroll Builder is um, up and running for AOS 3 now. That just dropped today, um, yeah. time recording. So I um, saw that just before. So I'm like, okay, cool. I can start um, list hammering a few things out. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I just did my first list and had a mini panic that the uh, big points changes spreadsheet that went around that I have a copy of on my phone was wrong because on War Scroll Builder, the... Um, Eidolon of the sea is 
3.30 and the Eidolon of the Storm is 3.55. But in the oh. spreadsheet I had seen, it's the other way around and that it's the sea that's gone up and the storm has stayed at 3.30. Oh. And so I have the storm in my lists. So I was banking on it being 3.30. And so then when I just went on Scroll Builder and saw it was 3.55, oh, I was man. like, which one is correct? It, like, if this spreadsheet oh, has got it back to front, I will be pissed. But I've just seen, because I'm in the same boat as you, and I don't have my GHB either because of the Brisbane lockdown. The yeah. uh, Wama Brisbane didn't get their orders this week, annoyingly. Um, but that's not their fault. Um, but I, so I just have seen um, PDF stuff um, that somebody just sent me through. And fortunately, the community got it right and GW got it wrong. So War Scroll Builder is incorrect <laughs> and they are the wrong way around. But that means that my list is still correct, fortunately. Oh, so, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't trust War Scroll Builder. <laughs> but it's great that it's it's great that it's up to date. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's just good. Uh, it's good that it's free as well. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty keen to see what the new um, Age of Sigma app will look like as well. See if it's... Uh, yeah. An improvement on the Azir app or whatever. So, um, but yeah, looking forward to seeing that. Um, yeah, do you watching a few. Get, do you think you'll Ooh. get Warhammer Plus? I I'm on the fence. I'm not sure whether I'll get the whole thing. Um, if you can get the app separately on their own, I'll probably just do that to start with. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It looks pretty good. Yeah. I'm not sure yet. Good. Like I didn't watch all I didn't watch all the trailers mm. and stuff yet, but I'm a bit like I don't know if there's like much TV content or film content and stuff yet to yeah. make it worth it. Because I'm like, unless they've been making stuff for years and they've just been holding on to it ready for launch. Um but I'm a bit like I, I just don't know if there's gonna be enough content yet to make it kind of worth it. But at the same mm. time I don't think it's really gonna be that expensive considering I'm already paying what the dollar a month is for a year. So if I take that 12 bucks off an annual subscription and stuff, it yeah. doesn't really cost, it doesn't really cost that much. Um, especially if you can get things like, am I right in thinking you can get like digital white dwarf included? Um, I not? think you can get what I saw was you can get access to old issues, digital copies of old issues. Um, which which is quite cool. Uh, mm. That's something that appeals to me to go back and read old articles or look at um, just look at the old hobby, the old uh, the old models, and you know, especially in the old uh, old world dioramas and things like that are super cool. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah, I'd have to double check, but I'd, I'd imagine you'd be able to get your white dwarf rolled into it as well. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting because I know there's a lot of like event exclusives and all this stuff that won't really work for people that aren't kind of in the UK. Like a lot of it feels mm. like if you can if you can go to Warhammer World regularly or whatever, then it's going to be it'll start being really beneficial if you get all these added bonuses and stuff. So it'll be interesting to mm. see if if they do that stuff for like people in Australia or whatever that don't necessarily have the ability to go to kind of GW events or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, so they got the yeah. battle battle reports as well on there. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see how they how they run a battle report. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> about, so you've not you? really. I was going to say, so you've not really been doing any hobby. Um, I have been no. doing a bunch of hobby. Um, I am. I'm fun employed at the moment, as I'm calling it. Um, as I had to, <laughs> I had to finish up my job. Um a few weeks ago, two weeks ago now. Um, so yeah, I've been off the last two weeks. Um, 
annoyingly pretty much all last week riley was sick so home from daycare so i basically just had to sit with him on the couch for most of the week and and not really get any hobby done in the garage because I can I kind of can't have him down in the garage and I can't leave him upstairs. So um, <laughs> it was it was frustrating to be off um, and not being able to hobby because I needed to look after him. But at the same time, we, it would have been so hard to manage if I was working. So I'm just grateful that at least I, I was able to just take that time and sit with him on the couch and and yeah. have that have that time anyway. So um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, but now um, I had started in the evenings and. Yeah, and now this week I'm really keen to crack on. I've finally got my hobby mojo back to get my Ideneth Deepkin all finished and and mm, done. Just yes. get the whole army smashed out, um, which is great because I'd kind of lost motivation for it um, towards the end of second, and then the even the start of third, like when I started to see the leaks around the core rules and then the points changes and stuff, it I wasn't really seeing. A list that was going to work for them that was getting me excited all i was seeing was that like generally the stuff had gone up and so i was just going to fit less in and then which is kind of true but um it was it kind of took me a little bit to get the mindset of everybody else's armies are also going to get smaller so yeah. although when you're writing a list it's easy to think of it in the context of say two like of AOS 2 of what it would have been against and you think oh well this list is just going to get yeah. destroyed because I just can't take as much generally everybody else won't be able to take as much either um yeah yeah that's it but I was still like oh it doesn't really it doesn't really excite me and the stuff I want to take has just gone up and and everything but then probably about a week and a half two weeks later I think my brain had had more time to process stuff and then it finally kind of clicked something clicked over and i just naturally like i started thinking in like aos3 list writing terms and looking at it for like what's the new stuff that you can do that you couldn't do before um mm. and i basically have written this list that i think is amazing and i've i've had like three or four test games with it on tts now because the guy that makes the mod has already updated it and added all the ghb scenarios and everything so he's done a great job like changed the oh, board wow. size everything so I've, I've had a few games against like liam and ash and stuff via tts over the last week or so to test this list and i think it's bonkers good um but it's very different as well to like what old deepkin list would have been um okay. and yeah like i'm not going to share it just yet but it uses it uses basically all the stuff I wanted to use. It meets my rule of I didn't want to use any more Sargard. Um, like I say, it's very different. And it I think the reason it's so strong is because it's literally been built like from the ground up for AOS three. It's yeah. not just like an AOS two list that I've Even moved over adapted. to three that's yeah, just got more yeah. expensive. It is completely an AOS three list and it's using like all of the new mechanics and building around that. And it's super fun. It's super strong and it uses all the models I had and wanted to use. So yeah, cool. yeah it's just, it's completely just got my hobby mojo back. And so, um, yeah, I've been just finishing building the models I needed to do for that, getting a few more, um and then getting basically finishing off the spray paint stuff um for the two-tone with the red and the yellow had an absolute fucking nightmare with my um leviadon unfortunately oh, yeah. ha had a dud well actually had two dud cans 
um, from GW. One of them I'll let them off because they don't make it anymore, so they probably realize themselves that it's a bit of a shit color, which was the Avalon Sunset. I still had some in a can, which I had used before, but it was maybe a bit old. Uh, so yeah. I'll I'll yeah. let them off on that one. But I bought a brand new can of Mephiston Red, and yeah. I like I, I know what I'm doing with spray paints. Like I've been doing the hobby for years. I've used loads of different brands, colors, etc. I know the temperature. There was no humidity. Like I know how to use spray paint. So basically, it wasn't user error. Yeah. And this can of red just fucked my Leviathan entirely. Yeah, I, saw the, like, I saw the photos. It was so devastating. Oh it, my god. Yeah. It went so like on the bottom it's all like it's all like powdery and basically just like mm. you touch it and just pow like red powder was just coming off on my fingers. But on top, um it basically it yeah, it honestly looked like I could have covered the model in PVA and coated it in sand. Um yeah. It, yeah. it, it, it it's awful. Um thrown it thrown it at a wall, kicked it around a bit and then sprayed <laughs> some more. Like, honestly, it's awful, and it was super disheartening because I had just, like, the night before done a really cool conversion on it as well for one of the – because one of the riders on the howdle was missing because um, I bought mm. it secondhand. Um, but I bought the um, the Deepkin Underworlds Warband and yep. because, like, I, I had the cards anyway, but I, I was using the little crab because I'm making Gotrek for my Deepkin, and so Gotrek's going to stand on the crab from the Underworlds Warband. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so I built the crab and then I was looking through and one of the guys has like the throwing, like the harpoon yeah. and he, that harpoon, he fits perfectly in like the front. So as I was looking at it front, right section of the like thing on the back, uh, he just fits perfectly. Like he's throwing the harpoon down and there's like harpoon racks naturally on the Leviathan in the middle as well next to him. So it literally mm. looks like he's standing there grabbing harpoons, throwing them. So did this like conversion, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. was like, Oh, the model looks wicked. Yes. All right. I'll spray it and I'll get ready to paint. And then it just absolutely ruined it. And so mm. I went through a bit of a, a really the shit hob hobby evening of just yeah. losing motivation again and being like, do I just, spray over the top of this with more paint to just try and coat it or do i literally just no. basically do i basically just throw it in the bin and buy an entire new leviadon and spend all that money or basically i was like okay i'm gonna try and strip it but i've never stripped a model before so then i watched probably about 10 different youtube tu tutorials on various paint strippers and like watched all these videos actually showing the results across different paint brands and all that stuff to get a good idea for which one I should try and go for. And I spoke to Ben cause he's been using basically the AK interactive paint stripper recently. Mm -hmm. And he was saying yep. like, it's, it's amazing. So ultimately I went for that one, but it's out of stock in loads of places. Oh, um, <laughs> so I managed, I did manage to find it um, through like a random, like a B, I think it was like BNA models or something on, on the internet. Um, yeah. so anyway, I ordered that and that turned up this afternoon. So, um, I just sat down this afternoon and probably spent about three hours kind of just going over it with this paint thinner and like applying it with a brush and letting it sit there and then scrubbing with a toothbrush and then kind of cleaning it at soap mm. and water and getting all the gunk off and, um, yeah. Obviously, the model has, as I've been doing it more and more, it's like coming apart. So, like the howdah's come off, but that's okay because it makes it easier to paint. And then, like the harpoon guy has come off. 
So it's okay. Like there's there's a few little bits of bro- a few bits are broken off, and the model's kind of slowly falling apart. It's not that the glue. It's not that the glue is necessarily coming undone. It's more that as I'm scrubbing it, it's kind of coming, coming off. off. It's not. Yeah. It's not necessarily yeah. breaking and falling apart, but it's it's now in pieces, which has made it easier to clean. But I've gone yeah. through. I think I've gone through three. Like I've been over it about three times now with the the thinner and the toothbrush and scrubbing it. So. Um, Yep. Yeah, it's the howder and the crew and stuff are looking pretty good now. Um, I need to go yep. back over the turtle. The red is super stubborn. Um, oh yeah, it, it doesn't help that it, it. Well, I think because it was secondhand and the person had already painted the turtle, and so then I sprayed over the top. And mm. so I think there's like oh, there's, yeah. a, there's more layers. Yeah, there's a lot of paint on there. Um, and so it, it's coming off. It just needs a bit more time. So it's it's time consuming, but I think I'll be able to eventually salvage it. Like I've managed all the gunk has come off the model. It's basically me just continuing to scrub it and get it clean again and ready and then dry it out and then start again. But I, I'm never using Mephiston Red again because I literally tried the next day because I still had other models to base coat. And so I sh- like I made sure the can was warmed and I shook it for like five minutes and did all this stuff. And then this time I sprayed it onto an old bit of sprue just yeah. to double check. And yeah. now it's then, then it was just spraying just super watery. So it's like the last spray just pushed out loads of pigment and didn't do enough of the actual kind of um, medium yeah, yeah. And, and the... Uh, the stuff in the paint and then now it's just coming through like really watery and shit so then i went and found i've now since found like multiple forums with people saying that they've had similar like issues with mephiston red and that it's like a known shit paint and so basically i've gone okay i'm never ever using mephiston red spray ever again um and i'm not using the avalon sunset because one they don't make it and two again was also dodgy don't want to use it and so i went up to my hobby store like literally just like uh, it was like five o'clock before the lockdown kicked in on tuesday at 6 p.m or monday monday at 6 p.m whenever it was um so at 5 p.m i just drove down the road to my local hobby shop and um grabbed a can of red and a can of yellow army painter um they're not the same tones as the the one the gw ones but they're basically just base colors for me because I go, I then go through three, like a red and two pinks with my airbrush and then three different shades of yellow with my airbrush. And so as long as they were red, as long as they were red and yellow, I don't think I'll, I'll really notice. Um, so yeah, I sat down a few evenings ago for about an hour and a half or so. And I'm, I'm literally just doing every single model I own for the army. Like I'm not just painting the list. I'm going to just paint, everything so and that yeah, i yeah. as i as i want to change the list and stuff if around if i want to then i can um so yeah i've got like i say it's it's airbrushing like six colors onto it um and yeah i did all of the models for the first color like the base red in about an hour and a half which isn't too bad so basically if i sit and do that for another five evenings um then i'll have all the airbrushing done all the, so i'll have all the pink and all the yellow done um, and then it will just be a case of going through and painting all the turquoise and the white on by hand um, and then just doing all the resin pour basing and stuff, which is time consuming. But I bought like five or six of the mold, containment mold sets from Green Stuff World so that I can just do them in batches um, rather than 
just wait and do them <laughs> one at a time out of laziness. <laughs> I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to spend the money so that I can at least do like five or six at a time because it takes yeah. about 24 hours to do a resin pour. So even just basing like 50-odd models will take me a good like 10, 10 evenings to do yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of drying time. But so be it. I'll, um, I'll smash through it. And, yeah, the main thing is I've got my hobby mojo back. Um, yes. I, I think if I wasn't super keen – the turtle could have broken me but um yeah it's, <laughs> yeah yeah it's okay it's well, okay it sounds like yeah you've yeah you've you've pushed through and you've uh you've turned it around so that's that's good yeah um and i also built a shit ton before i went onto the deep and i built up loads of my my soul blight as well so i built up my 40 skeletons and my 40 zombies that i had bought as spares from cursed city box um and i built up my radicar the beast and belladama um, and my Gorslav Gravekeeper, which we can use now. Yes. I'm yeah. so excited. I mean, yeah. they fucked up the points so badly. Like 75 is an absolute joke for how freaking good his command ability is. He should be 200. <laughs> but like, I'll take it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I've it was, built it was a good them. move. Good move to do that. It just was oh, so silly. So good. Yeah. yeah. So good. Um, so super happy that he doesn't just have to be a generic necromancer. He can actually be yes. Gorslav. Um, yes. and he will definitely go into the lists and yeah, so I built up all of that and I've sprayed all of that with the two tone spray, the blue and the red as well. Again, army painter from my local hobby store. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're kind of a, my deepkins are top bottom and my soul blight are a left, right to just kind of match the battle time artwork so they're red from the left and light blue white from the right yep. um so yeah i've been been doing loads um of hobby really which is what i wanted to do in this kind of few weeks of being unemployed so i think i'll give myself another week because i kind of lost one last week with riley being sick before i then <laughs> really start sitting down and go okay i probably need to find a job now but otherwise i'm just like taking calls from recruiters as they come in and and talking about jobs but not really spending that much time actively yep. actively job hunting but yeah uh yes lots of hobby from me that's good yeah cool any gaming other than the tts uh not in oh actually yeah i went to carwin's last week um and gave him what was supposed to be a practice game for Bruce Hammer because they were going to be happening, but obviously because of the restrictions that that got cancelled, postponed. Um, but yeah. that was second. Yeah. That was second dead. So I basically took a deepkin list with GoTrek that w- that was essentially a list I was going to do in three, and I was like, I'll just run it in two because it's basically the same points or something. Or it was like a little bit less points, and I thought I'll just run this. Um, and yeah, that was against his OBR. So yeah, just had a practice game at his place a practice game for him it was just fun for me um and that was fun go treks are very fun to play he just smashed the shit out of him killed killed 30 mortek a harvester and cat across in two turns um <laughs> so go angry, angry little dwarf i mean if you think he's 435 <laughs> points now and he killed cat across a harvester and 30 mortek so he killed like a thousand over a thousand points in two turns on his own <laughs> Jeez. Oh, so good. Um, well, not quite on his own. The Leviathan did some work as well, but um, but it was mostly Gotrek. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. Um, I'm playing a game tomorrow, which will be AOS 3 um, against Simon Hall, 
um, which he's going to record for his YouTube channel doing a new bat rep. So that will be the deep kin list that I'm talking mm-hmm. about versus oh, yeah. his, his new hammer hall list. I think he's playing against me. Um, yep. So yeah, I, that's why I'm, I'm not spoiling it because it will come out on his video um, probably next yep. week or whatever when he gets it edited. So, um, but yeah, we'll we'll see because he's telling me he's going to destroy me, and I'm just laughing because I think I'm going to destroy him. But we'll see. <laughs> Good. I can't. I'll, I'll have to. Um, we'll have to put a link up when it comes through. So basically, if, if that if that video never gets made, it's because I destroyed Simon, everybody, and he doesn't want the world to know. <laughs> yeah. Only put wins up. <laughs> he only puts wins up, does he? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just giving him shit. It'll, he probably will smash me now and make me look like an idiot, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, um, cool. But yeah, like I'm just keen to get loads of practice games in with the list because um, Deepkin will be what I'll be playing for like the Teams event. Um, that's coming up um so um in sydney that liam is now running um yeah towards the end of august so yeah yep cool uh well shall we take a quick little break there and um listen to uh some messages from our sponsors Battlefront Miniatures, a New Zealand company, also known as Gale Force 9, sponsored the event in a huge way this year by providing a huge amount of their amazing Battlefield in a Box terrain kits. Please check them out at flamesofwar.com or gf9.com where you can buy your own sets of these awesome terrain. We'd also like to thank Company of Dice for their support. Company of Dice is one of Sydney's greatest gaming clubs. They meet on the first Saturday of the month at Padstow RSL. For more details, you can find them on Facebook. And so, speaking of Sydney Slaughter, uh, well, let's uh, let's do the Sydney Slaughter wrap up, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Um, there's yep. lots to talk about from this year, so um, yeah, let's uh, dive straight into it. Yeah, I mean, James, you got to play most of the games this year. Yeah, so... I, think I played. I played four out of the five. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, like, how did you find it? Just just getting to play and stuff um on the the tables and stuff how are they to play on and how do yeah. they look and all that stuff because obviously that was a big part of the event this year yeah so um all the for people who don't know who are who are listening um all the terrain was provided by battlefront miniatures uh, which is part of Gulf force nine so it's all the battlefield in a box uh kits so all the tables we had 30 tables in the end i think wasn't it um 32 uh, yeah. 32 yeah yeah and completely kitted out with this um, brand new terrain. So, um, yeah, it was great to play on that. We pre-rolled the terrain uh, effects uh, for each table. So it's just rock up, roll, and, and start playing. Um, and the games that I had were, yeah, I, I took a, a just a, a corny, fun sort of Nagash list. <laughs> so it was Nagash and a Death Stench drove. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun just pushing him around and just uh, being the buy buster. Um, had a rematch with Jet round one. Uh, so previously, previous slaughter, um, he'd um, I'd played him with like just my hodgepodge death list, um, and versus his KO, I think it was at the time. But um, yeah, I managed to like somehow defeat him as the buy buster a couple of years ago. So he was given a um, he was given a, a rematch with me, uh, just completely by chance as well. Uh, so that made it all, all the more all the more fun. But he he brought his uh, bone splitters list and gave me a sound um, a sound beating. So well done, Jet. Thank you for the game. It's good to good to catch up with you again, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
the rest of the weekend, uh, yeah, it was just fun pushing the gash around and, and uh, giving those uh, the Bybuster guys um, uh, a fun game. Hopefully they had a fun game against me. <laughs> um, and, yeah, played Tero as well. You know that guy from White Dwarf? Yep. Tero Kanko Tero, from White Dwarf. From, yeah, Tero from White Dwarf. Yeah. yeah, so I played um, played against him, and yeah, the fun, the best moment there was, uh, yeah, his his more crusher, his big boss and more crusher. Well, I think it was Greg. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it was a more, it was a regular mega boss and more crusher. Pushed out like he he got in within. I think it was, I think it was an inch out. And we're like, ah, oh, it's an inch away from like charging the gash. Like I left this horrible big gap open, perfect for him to like just exploit. Um, not realizing how far <laughs> these guys can actually go. And I was like, oh, that's a shame. It's only one, it's only uh, one inch short. It has to be within half an inch, you know, like, but uh, then he's like, oh, wait. We, it's like we started to move on. He's like, oh, wait, I've got a plus one to my charge. And we're like, all right. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, did you remember the yeah. Iron Jaws plus one or whatever? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so push it, sure enough, pushes him in and then bang, just did some ridiculous amount of wounds onto Nagash, like turn one. <laughs> Just like removed him from the table, turn one. It was hilarious. Um, Too funny. So that was a great moment. Thanks, Terra. It was good to good to play you, mate. Um, and who else was there? I played Shem with his um, with his uh, Skaven, and so we had a great we had a great game too. Um, and I really enjoyed his company, and we I thought, I thought we got along really well. And uh, we had a yeah we had a good time. I'll always love playing Skaven, especially with. Skaven plays that just love their Skaven so much as well. Um, and, yeah, Shem's one of those guys. Um, so thanks for that, Shem. And uh, last but not least, um, played Hayden Wright and his um, Seraphon uh, in the last round. So, um, again, Saurus <laughs> uh, Warriors charging in and just taking out Nagash. But there was a really um, quite a strong counterpunch coming in from the direwolves. So I had like some fully buffed direwolves just went in and just wiped them out in this counterpunch. I'm like, God, I should have just put them up front with that first. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah right. By that point, it was just, um, uh, yeah, I was there for the lulls, there for the fun, um, trying to give the buy buses a good game and kind of just pushing things at them. So they, so their toys can run across and, um, and yeah. eat my eat my stuff kind of thing but which um, is that's that's the whole point of the buy buster really isn't it yeah but it's also yeah. great to take that kind of list with nagash as the buy buster because you get to have fun but you're probably also not going to win but then also most of your opponents probably get to kill nagash yeah it's like yeah kill nagash like, you know fun. like yeah, yeah exactly yeah um yeah no yeah. that's cool um so yeah i mean as james mentioned obviously this year all of the tables were all the terrain was um, Battlefield in a Box terrain uh, from Gale Force 9 as our kind of main sponsor for the event. Um, so people didn't have to bring terrain this year, which was great. It meant that we could get all the tables fully set up, obviously on the Friday night, not needing to like put dots on the mats where we wanted terrain to go, etc. And as James mentioned, we decided that we were going to pre-roll all of the terrain. So you'd had loads of these really good MDF tokens made um yeah. for i think for gulb and smash you had like 250 odd of them so um yeah. we put yeah. 10 we put 10 pieces on every table um so that was like 25 of the tables with them and then i just in the day got some extra ones just printed um and just just laminated um mm. and we chucked them on and we did just alternated didn't we? we just did like one old one new one old one new as we walked around the room for the tables yeah. um and yeah i mean i had a bunch of people over the weekend say like oh it was so good to just rock up to the table 
all the terrain's already done and you just basically you just start deploying um yeah and yeah there was a few things we did this year in terms of um just trying to speed up the game recognizing that because of covid a lot of people haven't played in over a year um and people just kind of hopefully wanted just to have a fun weekend of gaming and be ready to just play so we binned off secondaries i decided not to bother with minors so it was just basically you win you lose or you draw um and you just added on your victory points during the game um as a kind of main way of differentiating people like wins um and yes and no secondaries to worry about terrain was already pre-done um and yeah so many people came up to me and just said, oh, my God, it's so nice. It's just like focus on the mission, get your game in and play. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, I'm really I'm really happy with it. And, yeah, there was ties at the end in terms of when you just take your victory points and you, um, and you win, loss, draw points and add them together. But strength of schedule was fine, separates people out. Um, obviously, yep. sports and list and stuff come in comes into that as well and paint a little bit um as long as you had your your kind of minimum tabletop standard there was no differentiation for gaming scores from that as long as you you'd hit your 20 which almost everybody did um and so yeah there was for the most part most people got 25 out of 25 on gamesmanship as well um there was a couple of like the odd one here or there um, yeah, there was, it wasn't. There was hardly any, but nothing downs. major at all. Like it yeah, was just yeah. there. W- there would have been a couple of people that didn't go into like a tiebreaker on strength of schedule because they maybe missed a sports point or something. But um, but generally, like, and I think strength of schedule is fine. Like there was no qualms about it. And to be honest, I, I mean, the game's changed drastically now. AOS three very much in terms of it's kind of the secondaries are basically inbuilt into all of your missions each game each game like with your battle tactics yeah, and yeah. everybody having their like grand strategy on their list i think is basically going to naturally do um like is naturally just going to sort out player packs and you're not going to need to kind of do second there won't be secondaries and all that stuff i imagine it will just be like you'd maybe track how many battle tactics you did during your games as well um, yeah. Or you maybe just add your VPs from the games because you get more VPs for completing battle tactics in game. So yes, um, yeah. that would be interesting going forward. But um, but yeah, it was. I mean, from my part, it was good. We're because the the drag bingo that was on the previous year or two mm-hmm. years ago on the Friday night meant we couldn't start setting up till like eleven p.m. last time. So we were able to get in. We got in about I want to say yeah. about five you or know. six. Yeah, six o'clock ish yeah. this this time and so that was good we were able to start setting up then have some dinner at the, at the club and then um and then keep setting up so i think we finished at about 10 11 was it yeah 10? about 10 oh, later anyway yeah it was it, it was it, it, it still took a decent amount of time but like hmm. we finished at the time we started last time so it was yeah it was a lot better and a lot of that time was unwrapping a lot of the terrain as well that we hadn't unwrapped from bubble wrap and stuff so yeah that was um, probably the most time consuming part of the whole process <laughs> yeah it definitely took longer than i thought because I'd, I'd obviously come down a month earlier and unwrapped a load of it and didn't really remember there being that much that still needed unwrapping in the tubs but yeah it definitely took a long time i think doing it but um yeah yeah 
but yeah, it was. I I thought the hall looked great anyway. Like all the mats, oh, yeah. like every yeah. every table had mats, and obviously all had all the terrain and and everything. And I did acknowledge there were some tables that were better than others for like line of sight blocking pieces of terrain and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Some some are a bit it, flat for that mm, in that respect, but that's in, something we can build on as well at the next um, coming. Yeah, it's there's little bits that in. I think I could maybe just take a few existing pieces and try and just add some like extra bits to them, um, like maybe like block out windows or something with popsicle sticks or something to make it look like they're boarded up, and you just paint them brown like quick easy little things because I'd want to keep all the terrain. Like that's the thing I don't want to have all this terrain. And then add loads of just like custom stuff. Like the whole point as well for the mm. in terms of like the sponsorship for aesthetically for was the same. that well, all of the tables the same, were going to yeah. be using their terrain, right? So yeah, um, yeah, the only exceptions were the like four ice tables that I had done because when the bits turned up, they were very mm. they were very mm. very small. And as I was unpacking them the month before, I was like, these are too small. I cannot ask people to just play on a table with these 10 pieces. Um, and I knew I had to do something about that. So while I was back here in Brisbane in that kind of month, I got some foam and some MDF and a couple of rattle cans from Bunnings. And I made, I bashed out this ice, ice table terrain, like 40 pieces of it, um, just ice walls and like ice crystal, like big ones and little ones. Um, and, and they look fantastic. I think they were my favorite. <laughs> Honestly, they were the, they were the best looking tables. <laughs> yeah, those tables did look great. And I still used the bits of ice cavern terrain that we got from Battlefield in a box. I just glued them on to like extra bits on the bases. Um, so we still used them all. It just made them good. There was plenty of line of sight blocking mm. and, and they looked really good. And honestly, I painted like 40 bits of terrain in about 20 minutes with two rattle cans. <laughs> and, yeah. and like and and Nick... Good. Nick James, who, like, as we'll touch on later, is a very, very good painter, like understatement of the century there. Um, and he was picking them up and he was looking at it. And I was like, he was going, but how? Like, he just kept saying, but how? When I said this literally is just two cans of like, it's literally I sprayed blue on the bottom and then I sprayed white from above at like a 45 degree angle. And that's it. And he was just like going, but How? Because it, like the, it looks, looks like, like so much more. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I was super pleased with the ice terrain. So it would just be whether I could do stuff like that again for some of it. Like I think out of that foam, I could do some like brick walls, for example, where you just cut like a wall, score in the brick marks, break a bit off the end to look like it's crumbled. And then you just put that down on some bases with some of the other ruins and things like that to just, you can create the line of sight blocking because that's all you really need. Like that flat terrain and stuff's fine. You just need to create a few line of sight blocking bits on each table. And so yeah. if I can do that for the few tables that didn't necessarily have it as to, as much as I'd like, then I think it would have been perfect. But other than that, I was, I was 99% super happy with the tables um those, and, um, those egyptian yeah. ones those uh, egyptian themed ones were really cool too yeah i really like those yeah cool the, the tomb kings basically the tomb kings tables were definitely the best and i think i knew that when i was like ordering all the stuff but they were the most expensive so it was yeah. kind of <laughs> those those pieces are bigger and therefore block line of sight and and fill out a table more than some of the other like flat pieces like the the toxic pools and the small like bits of rock but 
that's where the cost kind of balances out for like yeah. every every few big pieces that you get you then get five or six little ones to help kind of spread the cost across the tables but um yeah it, it was a it was a decent like financial cost to us this year to to do that and buy all that terrain um for all the tables so that players didn't have to bring anything um obviously gale force nine helped us out massively in terms of making it possible with with the discount they gave us but it was still a significant cost which is obviously part of that was reflected in why the tickets had to go up a bit but um being completely open and honest i I didn't put the tickets up enough to to cover that cost because i didn't want it to be prohibitive to people coming um and that's fine like i decided to just take that personal hit this year um and I'm super happy that I made that decision because the event looked great and it ran great. And it, it was a huge weight off my mind as a TO of not having to either ask people to bring terrain or to do it all myself. Um, and, and look, there was, there's things that we'll talk on probably later on when we, I guess, recap the event as well, that will mean that in future years, the event, other aspects of the event aren't going to cost us as much. Um, and so we'll be able to kind of reduce the ticket price and, and get some of that back, um, maybe over future events. So I'm not at all stressed about it, but, um, yeah, just if people were wondering, like if they hadn't necessarily gone through the pack in detail and, and, and weren't sure and stuff like there was a reason that it cost a bit more this year, but, um, but I, I think it paid off and I'm, I'm super happy that we did it. Yeah, definitely, especially like the feedback we got um, from the venue, from Padster RSL. Yeah. Um, you got that um, email back from um, from the management saying how how much they loved the event and how well it was run and um, how how much they appreciated um, us and, you know, the people we brought in and all that sort of stuff. So, um, and also giving us, I think, in the next year or in future events there, they will happy to give us a... Uh, significant sort of uh, discount for future events wasn't it was along something along those lines yeah Yeah, basically yeah the function manager emailed me the the week after and just as you said just thanked us for putting on a a fantastic event and said that they'd had loads of people come up to them and and comment on how great the event was and um the kitchen staff as well that's something i want to do thanks to as well because the probably about a month before the um the venue the actual kitchen at the club which is it's inside the club but it's separate to the club it's not run by the rsl it's a private restaurant um but it is the restaurant like the rsl don't have their own but it's uh, and they do still you get obviously your rsl discount etc if you remember there but um it isn't run by the club it is a separate um kitchen and that has changed a couple times and yeah basically a month out that changed hands um so that was a bit of an unknown going in but um on the friday night as we were kind of setting up in the hall um steve the um kind of manager um of the the kitchen actually came up to me i was going to go and talk to him but he he actually came to the hall and, and had a chat to me about the venue and just asking what was happening and we had a good chat basically about how many people were going to be there and he he kind of said oh do you think we might need to do like a bit of a set menu. We could do like six, six options or whatever to make it manage. And I kind of said like, I think we'll be okay because people will start finishing their games. Like some people might finish within an hour. They've all got 
two hours 45 and so from this like from say 11 o'clock you're gonna have people drip feeding through and we don't have to finish lunch until 1 30 or whenever it was so as long as you can get everyone done in that kind of two and a half hours um, which i think you'll be fine with then we'll get everyone through and he kind of said yeah okay it sounds like we can probably manage um but we'll see how we go saturday and then if we need to do something about it sunday then we can so it was super good that he came up and and had that conversation yeah. like pr- proactively and that the kitchen coped amazingly like there was yeah. no issues nobody we were never waiting on people waiting for people to finish their food um they had a really good menu i think the prices were good um and for me like having recently discovered i'm like basically on a gluten-free diet eating in restaurants and stuff is definitely a lot more challenging now and so it's usually kind of a what what's the salad or whatever that i can eat on the menu um and yeah there was two or three things um i think on there and like on the friday night i think i had like the salmon but everything i had was delicious like really good and so i was personally super happy with the kitchen um especially to the point where i think i ordered on the on the sunday i think i wanted to order they had one of the past like prawn and pasta options that they had a gluten-free pasta option but they had run out of the gluten-free pasta and then in the morning as we were in there, Steve came up to me and said, we've got in some more of the gluten-free pasta overnight for you. And I'd said about the, I'd asked about the prawns if they, cause they come in chili and I can't eat spice for anyone that knows me. So I can't have any kind of chili or anything. And I'd said, oh, okay. And he said, do you want us to put some prawns aside as well? Not in the chili as well. And I was like, oh, if you can do that, that'd be amazing. So then, yeah, for my lunch, I got to have gluten-free pasta, non-chili prawns, and it was beautiful. So I was super stoked with the food. Um, yeah over they, the they took care of us they really took care of everyone really well so. yeah. yeah yeah um no and they were they were really good about all the war gamers pulling all the tables out of their setup and making massive tables all together and and they they didn't <laughs> they didn't get annoyed at us for doing that they just left it for the next day knowing that we were going to repeat and everything so um yeah just everything was super good and they Steve loved it as well. He wanted to take some photos. I think he came in. He was like asking about the game and wanted to do some posts for Instagram and and stuff like that. So um, yeah, yeah cool. I think it was really good. And and Gracie, who's kind of the like the general manager as well, came down and she she I think Doyle rubbed her up the wrong way on the Saturday morning um, when we were first <laughs> first opening them up. Um, oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think he wanted to go out for a smoke. But obviously they they do us a favour by opening up the venue a bit early for us anyway, so that we can kind of not run super late um, on the Saturday. And I think Doyle was just like, "Oh, can I go outside?" And Gracie's like, "Oh, well, we're not actually open. Just give me five minutes and I'll try and do this." And he just was like. Oh, you're stressed, aren't you? I can tell. And then Gracie came over and told me like, oh, one of your people's just been really rude to me and blah, blah, blah and everything. And I was like, oh, okay, sorry. And then Doyle separately just said to me, he's like, oh, I think I really annoyed like the woman before I was talking to her and I said, you're stressed. And I went, oh, you're the troublemaker. And he was like, he was like, oh, am I in trouble? And I was just like, no, I think it's fine. But then about an hour later, he's like, oh, we've made up now. She loves me now um and it was it was just hilarious she came back in the evening when we were doing the quiz in a velour tracksuit and i think she was loving it so um yeah yeah it was just it was such a good weekend like i think everyone was there in the right spirit as well like in the that everyone had the right mindset of just wanting to have fun and be like happy to be playing in a tournament again there was Um, that moment um (laughs) 
where she came up and told me that she showed this can. Oh yeah, that's right. And she was like, somebody's been drinking it. Someone's brought alcohol in here. And like, so just like, you know, storm clouds just form across the front of my eyes. And I was like, I'll deal with this. <laughs> and <I laughs> walk, up, walk up the, up to the, up the front on the stage. James and Gabe disappointed dad mode. Disappointed dad mode. The big, you know, the big uh, bone in speech to the, to everybody. <laughs> oh boy. It was funny. Um, but um then I went back and, and, and told her and, um, and she's like, oh, it was actually a can of, um, of coffee, like a can of like this like, coffee drink. <laughs> and we're just like, oh my God, <laughs> I've just like ripped everyone, ripped into everybody. Um, but, uh, it, no harm done. Like it was just, she was like, I think yeah, it was better. To, I think it was better. It still applies. Hard. It still applies. Like yeah. it's, it's not supposed to bring it in by the loan. And the, the culprit, um, owned up in the end as well. <laughs> I think it was, when, I think, yeah, I think to be fair, Gracie felt a bit silly afterwards because I don't think she yeah. realized. And then when we found out it was a coffee can and in the morning she had actually said, it's fine, you can bring your coffees in today because yeah. she was op- opening up early. And so I don't <laughs> think anyone really, like no one actually did anything wrong. And I think she felt a bit silly afterwards. But yeah. like you say, yeah. at the time we made the announcement, we thought it was alcohol. With, and like if, yeah. if yeah. someone had brought booze in, like we would have been like super disappointed. And so, yeah, yeah. you rightfully you rightfully came down really hard on everyone because if someone does that, it literally like the club can lose its alcohol license. That means we can never hold events again. Like it would have been super serious. And let's be honest, war gamers have been known to do that shit before. Like people drink a CanCon every year, even though it's supposed to be an alcohol free convention. Um, But everyone knows it happens. So it, I was not like, I wouldn't have been surprised if someone had been drinking, but I would have been super disappointed. So when you made your like speech, everyone took it seriously. I just remember you went, guys, we've got an announcement and, and people it's not were still kind one. of, yeah. <laughs> and people were still kind of talking. And you just went, it's not a good announcement. And then everyone just went quiet. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but anyway, yeah. it sent the, it sent the right message. And then we found out it was just coffee in the end. And, but the, the fact that we came down hard on it as well was again reflected in in the venue management and everything appreciating how we dealt with it and ran the event and all that stuff like you say has led to very very good feedback from the venue for us which means that in future years we're going to get a significant discount on hiring the hall which basically just means we can give out more price support or yeah, make the event cheaper or both yeah yeah. So, yep. yeah, it's super good. That was a super long tangent, but it was also funny and worth it. So, should we have a, another message from one of our sponsors quickly? We shall. The Combat Company is passionate about gaming, cards, and hobby, and they're keeping that vision alive with more stock across more game systems than anyone else. They're creating a vibrant local gaming community and supporting clubs in regional areas, and they reach customers further afield with their web store. So, drop on by in store at 16 Hearn Street in Mortdale where they often hold events in store across a bunch of gaming tables for different gaming systems, or check out their website, thecombatcompany.com, where you can get free shipping on orders over $150. And thanks for that message. Um, so, yeah, we can um, chat about uh, what what more to chat about, Sydney Slaughter. Like, I guess the, uh, we didn't, we could we go didn't through have the custom awards. scenarios this year, so oh, yeah. it, was yep. pretty, it was pretty sword and board, right? It was stripped back and... 
the yeah. I guess the the big thing, the controversy, um, I guess around the event afterwards was obviously I decided to include anvils of apotheosis heroes this year. Um, made hashtag, some, hashtag, hashtag match players match play. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right, if everyone can get off their soapboxes, thank you. Um, yeah, no, so we thought, fuck it. It's the end of an edition. Let's let people do something different, bring them. I'll make some adjustments to hopefully um, tone down some of the most egregious stuff. Um, I'll completely hold my hands up right now. I didn't do enough, miss some stuff. As soon as the winner's list came in, I went, fuck, that's going to win the event because he's broken <laughs> the pack. But so be it. That's the that's the pack I put out, and I'll stick to it, and that's fine. Yeah. And um, that's his hobby. That's his hobby as well. Yeah. He loves. And I don't begrudge. And I do not yeah. begrudge him whatsoever <laughs> for bringing what he brought. It was completely allowable by the pack. And why wouldn't you? Um, all. But honestly, that being said, in future, not that it matters now. We've moved on to AOS three, and I don't think Anvils exists anymore. But. Um, in future, I would have basically just made the additional caveat that the Anvil's heroes couldn't take command traits or artifacts, and then I honestly think it would have been fine. Um, but as it was, he found the most abusive kind of trait-artifact combination to put on that character and break the fuck out of it, which he did, and he won the yeah. event, and so be it. But, but not only that, not only that, he went to all the effort to create an awesome conversion yeah. as well. Yeah. And it looked, yeah, like on that um, ruined sort of wall with the, like the big, like Wyvern, um, you know, like it kind of looked a little bit like the, one of the Nazgul kind of style lizard, flying lizards sort of thing. And, and uh, Joel, yeah, Joel, it was fantastic work, mate. And um, hats off to you for building such an awesome model and getting into and the spirit was, of the event. That um, was the thing, like, because we do the painting competition as well and we have like the monster category hero and like masterpieces and open yeah. category anvils just felt like perfect because it lets yeah. people br it lets people like bring those crazy models they might have converted yeah. or it lets them convert a custom piece for it and like you say like joel brought a super powerful definitely broken character but it's not like he just went or oh, here's like a more crusher and I'm just going to stick a bone splitters guy on top and that's it. And then, and basically do the bare minimum. Like he brought a fully custom converted model that looked fucking great and entered yeah. it into the painting competition. And I was super happy to see that. So like absolutely yeah. nothing against Joel whatsoever. I'm super yeah. glad he embraced anvils and brought the heroes and yeah. did it. And well, that, he... that's like the other side of it, you know, like it wasn't just about the gaming side. It was about encouraging the hobby side too. That was kind of, uh, you know, it's about a 50-50, that was like half the point kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. well, it's yeah. The, that's the thing with Slaughter. Like, it's always the end of a GHB usually, and this year it was the end yeah. of an edition. So it kind of doesn't, like, does it, it doesn't really matter that much going on anyway. Usually people are bored. For Slaughter, we've always just wanted people to, like, have a good time and enjoy themselves, and definitely it is a hobby event in terms of the painting competition, which is yeah, the thing you don't that see it. no, I think no other tournament here, as far as yeah. I know in Australia anyway, does the paint competition. <clears throat> and that's something that speaking in Nick James again, had like, I'd never met Nick before, but um, had like really good conversations with him over the weekend uh, on like the Saturday evening and stuff. And he said, 
I came to this event because of that painting competition. And that yeah. that was like music to my ears. That's what I want. I want it to be a destination for people that want something different. And like Nick said, like, don't get me wrong, I'll paint my arm in, I'll play. But I came for that painting competition. Like yeah. that is why I was here. And he was like, I was up till like 3 a.m. painting. And he wasn't painting his army. He was painting his like entrance into the i think it was his uh worm spat his unit entry for the painting yes, competition yeah. hmm. and like it, it i mean yeah it, it was awesome to hear and to see that and i hope that that painting competition only continues to grow and really does become a destination yeah and that like those trophies as well i make sure that they are really nice like the painting competition trophies are the nicest trophies out of all of them like we make sure that like the first second third are still nice trophies they're like still nice glass looking trophies but the painting ones are super it's nice like crystal, crystal diamonds it's big jewels yeah yeah giant and they diamonds. they look <laughs> great and i like i i will always put that money into the into that part of the event because for me it is a big part of the event. It's not get, It's not just gaming and I tack it on. Like that painting competition is part of Slaughter. Um, and I love seeing it as well. Like I'm a gamer, but I have more and more am a hobbyist as well. And I, even though, even when I wasn't doing my own hobby, I still love looking at these amazing models and I love yeah. seeing what talented painters can produce and getting to look at it. So, yeah. um, yeah, like I love I love the painting competition and um But it's like I was what super brought stoked. It's... Yeah. No, sorry, yeah, you go. Yeah. No, no, you talk. I'm rambling. So. I I was just saying, um gonna say like that's the thing that you know, I I speaking from my own experience and I know I can speak for others, but it's uh it's like that first time when you walk past a, a games workshop and you see those models painted in the window is what drew me in to start with. So I love seeing like, you know, it's that fascination with dioramas or with like just beautifully painted models. They just, they stick out, they draw you in, they really capture your imagination. They draw you in to that, to that world, you know, and that's what kind of got a lot of us involved in the hobby in the first place was the, the models themselves, you know? Um, yeah. So, and the, and the painting hobby side and the game gaming came comes later, you know, or came later. Um, I know if, in my experience, but um, uh, I'm sure I can speak for others as well there, but um, yeah, basically point is the hobby is, is a central facet of, of our hobby. You know, it, it's all, it's, it's definitely um, something that needs to be uh, recognized and rewarded. And um, so that's why we do it here at uh, Sydney Slaughter. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, your gaming army, like it's still a, like it's not an elitist tournament in terms of painting standards. Like we've made sure that it's very much the same level of expectation for your gaming army that you'd, I think expect that any tournament here would expect of you in terms of your minimum kind of standard, I guess, just like that your three color details, like tips of weapons, etc., are painted and your models are based and the army looks cohesive on the table. And if you do that, then you get your max you get your max like painting points in terms of what contributes to your score and then obviously we've got those additional things to reward like mm. mentally i guess reward those people that do put the extra time in so at the end they can see their like total scores like uncapped um obviously it doesn't actually come into their ranked score but 
we still kind of put that up in the full rankings afterwards. We we put all of the points so everybody can see exactly what they score um, as well. If people that take pride in their army want to see how high on that kind of checklist of 35 they can get, um, then then people can do that as well. But um, yeah, it's it, it's really good. Um, I mean, should we talk about the the results for the the painting competition? And I guess probably the rest of the the rest of the venue uh, the venue the rest of the event results. No. Yeah, yeah. And there's one more thing that we which we should talk about as well. But let's talk about the let's do the painting re- rewards first while we're on on the painting thing. <laughs> sure. Okay. So what did we get? So we had uh, so coolest army award went to Anthony Magno. So that's that was the one that received the most um, uh, as the peer voted award. Uh, so Anthony had his gloom spike gits, had this amazing um, uh, cave wall, like it was like a, a massive wall with like flying squigs, and just it looked incredible. And um, there's no surprise there that he um, he won the coolest uh, army award there. So uh, congratulations, um, Anthony! Thanks for um, coming again. He's actually been to all every single. He's been to every slaughter, hasn't he, Anthony? All except the uh, first, maybe. Did he do yeah. the first one? I'm not sure if he did the first one. Hmm. At, um, uh, but maybe he did. I honestly yeah. can't remember. I think he yeah. probably was there. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So he he got the uh, coolest army award. Yeah, um, it, it looked awesome. Like big, like as you say, big kind of 3D display with a back wall, um, like yeah. cave. He converted all these flying squigs and. Um, it looked awesome, and obviously he had his big converted Moor Crusher with a Mangler Squig face to be like yeah, Gobbler that's right. from Scar- Skarsnik and Gobbler as his Anvil's hero. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, I think looking around, it it was probably in terms of coolest, definitely certainly the one that had gone to the most effort of making that. I guess kind of almost diorama esque thing that I feel kind of comes with the coolest army award these days or in terms of who's trying yeah, to win it, it it almost feels like you you need to go to that level um to win coolest yeah it's the blake um, kerwick kerwick award yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but um but yeah no well done to anthony it looked it looked great and um the whole thing was was done really well as well and painted really nicely so um yeah very deserving um and so that leads into the best painted which uh which is a judge's choice so that went to jordan burgess with his nurgle maggot king of nurgle army um so jordan's uh jordan has been honing his um, painting skills for uh, a few years now and yeah he's really like it really just blossoms in this army like pardon the pun there with uh (laughs) with nurgle but um it's sort of yeah like just the like uh what's on the blight kings he's got like he's painted all the eyes, all the eyeballs and stuff, all the yeah. eyeballs and like on the stomachs and just the, the way that he uh, layers and highlights and just, and I think he's been using a lot of scale 75 paints as well. So very vibrant colors too. And it's just consistent across the whole army as well. Mm. And it's just a joy to look at. So you can, you can, it's uh, yeah, every, every detail and every um, aspect of, the army, like from the basing up, is um, well thought out, carefully considered, and executed beautifully. So we he he was our he was our pick for this year. Yeah, um, and it's one of those ones where 
<clears throat> I'm glad I'm glad in the end that it was judge's choice because it wasn't supposed to be like those because obviously the painting competition is judge's choice the be- the best painted and coolest army were supposed to both be player voted um mm, yeah unfortunately on the day um I noticed that the tournament software we were using hadn't set up correctly to actually allow that like it hadn't named um the two it gave you two voting options but it didn't like say one was coolest and one was best painted so there would have been loads of confusion so i just kind of made a quick decision well we we had a chat and then made a quick decision and i ran around at lunchtime and just told everybody as they were eating okay we can't quite do this how we intended so what we're going to do is the votes you were going to do is please go around and vote for coolest and then me and james will do the we'll do the best painted as our, as our judge's choice and i am glad we did it that way because to be honest, I think I th- like I, I obviously because we made the decision, but I think Jordan's was the best painted army there. So he's yeah. he's in terms of a best painted award, his army should have won that award. But I'm not sure it would have won the award if it was player voted because being Nurgle, it's very like as much as you say it's bright colors from scale seventy five. It's still very much a muted greens yeah. and browns kind of mm-hmm. color palette. And I think even like Kent who played it in what the final game and spent two and a half hours on the same table as it playing it. I think I seem to remember on the Sunday you were showing him photos of Jordan's army up close that you'd taken. And he was like, Oh shit. I didn't realize like how well it was painted because you, when you're playing the game, you actually don't really look that much and the colors don't pop like super vibrantly on the table to naturally make you go, wow, this army is really well painted. It just, it it has that tendency of you don't actually look at it for the detail that it has um so yeah I'm, I'm yeah yeah i'm glad that i'm glad we did that because it yeah for a whole army with that many models as well as you say just the level of consistency across the army like all the layering the blending the quality of the freehand on the eyeballs like how well he's done all the bases and just every model is yeah. consistent as well and he's got like a big block of 30 plague bearers in there as well and a huge amount of blight kings like it was a lot yeah. of models to be painted to that standard so yeah he hasn't yeah. kind of he hasn't rushed he hasn't rushed the you know the horde units and stuff like that that's all been paid proper attention to um yeah. and but also um th- it was extremely difficult to um to to choose the best arm, best painted army. Yeah, there was, know, like, there was four or five people I think that yeah. we had on our li- on our lists when we kind of talked through all of the ones separately, yeah. um, and it, and we went through it, didn't we? But it gets to that point where you have to, uh, I won't say ruthless, but you just have to get really okay. Remove all emotion and whatever, and just look specific, like at the technical technical um, side of it, and just yeah separate everything else from it and then choose on that and then kind of yeah that's why jordan's got it because it was consistent throughout there it was ultimately it comes, where, yeah yeah ultimately it comes down to the consistency across the whole army because it's it's best painted army and yeah. so even if you have an incredible centerpiece model if you've got units that are basically just a base coat and a wash because like even if it's just like the hair but it it's basically just a base coat and a wash but yeah. like it it's just those pulls. little things it's those little things yeah. which help us um they help us to kind of pick out in the end the um yeah. the top so which yeah. is good because that's why the painting competition is there for those centerpiece models as well yeah 
yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, so congrats, uh, Smith, Jordan. Like, well deserved. Yeah, I know he well was. Deserved, mate. He was. He was shocked. I think to win it, but yeah, we, we kind of said like, you shouldn't be shocked. Like, you, you've done a fantastic job on that army. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we had the monstrous Marvel went to Alex Murray and his. Uh, is it the? His Caesar Sigma, so it was a Hello City Heart. of Sigma, yeah, the Hello Heart um, general on Griffin, but it was it's a, mainly a, it's, a, it's a lot of Darkling Covens kind of Darkling Covens, there, yeah. And because I'd, I'd yeah, I've been following him on um, Instagram for a while now, so I've been seeing that one, uh, that one's progress uh, as it's come through, and seeing it in person, just yeah, beautifully painted, amazing, um, and so is the rest of Alex's army as well. Um, so he was he was in my top um, picks for um, best yep. painted. Um, always has been it was last time as well but um yeah so yeah well done alex uh that model is gorgeous um well done and uh keep them coming i want to see more <laughs> um yeah then we had uh hero of legend which went to jordan as well so jordan put in his sloppy bile piper for that um stand out in the hero of legend so he he got that one um well done jordan which, again. yeah he won which he won the year before with his um spoilpox scrivener so oh, that's, he, right. He, that's right yeah he, he yeah. kind of said he's like last time i did well with my spoilpox so i think i'm gonna do the sloppity this time and hopefully win again and he did so well yeah. done jordan yeah <laughs> uh then we had the regiment of renown which uh, has been mentioned uh, a bit before in this point in the episode but it's uh nick james uh so he brought uh, i think like you a... forgot something i think it was nick james bitch <laughs> yep <laughs> which apparently is alex murray's favorite thing to just yeah. and he was the one that wrote that on nick's name tag but yeah apparently yeah, uh, he he's just right. he's nick he's nick james bitch um <laughs> but <laughs> but he had the um the worm spat the worm spat nurgle warband um from um underworlds and he had it um he had them arranged on like a like a little mini diorama plinth kind of thing yep. and it was just yeah out, absolutely outstanding um from the bottom to the top from the basing to the to the layering the the highlighting the techniques that he applied across the models in that um, warband um is fantastic and this is coming from someone who who doesn't like noble <laughs> so so I, I, you can't say i'm not that i am biased against noble because um best painted army Nurgle and Regiment of Round. Nurgle won this year, so and the hero, and the hero. That's right. So, um, but yeah, Nick, Nick, mate, gorgeous, beautiful. Um, thank you for coming and for um, giving us your feedback on the painting um, awards uh, and how that was a draw card for you. So, yeah, that was yep. really encouraging. So, and well done on on that. And I think your yeah your uh, flesh eater court army as well was um, definitely up there. That's the thing, yeah. His gaming army looks wicked as well. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think he's like he openly said like there's just that was quick though. Like there's just a lot of like airbrush like cheating and stuff. I'm saying cheating with air quotes, but um, it still yeah. looks amazing. <laughs> but it, like I think that's the thing with really good painters is loads of them just know like shortcuts. It's not cheats, but yeah, yeah, um, to just make stuff look amazing. But if you talk to them, they're like, no, oh, yeah, it was easy. Didn't take very long. Yeah, but and again, so so hard to pick the regiment of renown, like because Ash had, mm. um, you know, the cursed city um, heroes, yeah, and painted in the same style as the the box art, yeah, um, but done really like like 
proper properly done um and it looks they look fantastic too so that was very difficult <laughs> to differentiate them out so um that really yeah. surprised me seeing them in person as well because i'd seen them on twitter and like like again no bias for me but ash's curse city heroes are literally the b- back top the background on my laptop <laughs> yeah and so like yeah. that's that's how much i love them um but seeing them in person i didn't realize how like smoothly and like fine and nicely like the white like cross hatching and stuff like highlighting is yeah um because when he said he was thinking of entering them i was like yeah that's cool like enter them but i was like not thinking that that would be really something that like he was just entering them to kind of show them but it, it wasn't thinking that it would actually be like a contender for best painted because i was like they're a concept do you know what i mean it's like sprayed and and then when i was looking at them i was like no, it's actually like he was, he was painting really nice, properly, yeah. Yeah. really <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was awesome to see um, that he, that he brought those. And then Jordan again had entered, um, oh, it was like what, four, like oh, Chaos, Chaos Warriors. Warriors. I think they were, yeah. are they, were they kept normal ones or were they from like the Underworld's Warband, like Carax, Reavers or something? Um, I'm not sure. Mm, I think totally. Jordan was going to yeah. do a Slaves to Darkness army in that scheme. But I think he said just those like four models took him like, 40 or 50 hours or something and he's like i just can't do it i can't do it for a, <laughs> for a whole army <laughs> yeah because it's, um, it's got the he's got the non-metallic metallic metal and and you know all the uh on the on the blades especially uh the the shine and the the change in um you know from light to dark on the on the shiny across across the blades and stuff like that so yeah um yeah that was another <laughs> made it you made it hard for us again jordan and um, he's done the he's done the breaking bad like crystal meth basing as well as i like to say the like <laughs> the the like kind of turquoisey blue um like ice uh basing from like resin or whatever i think that you like crack and yeah. stuff so i imagine it's like baking sheets of <laughs> of crack um but yeah um yeah they looked awesome and then we had the uh yeah, the, the, masterpiece, the masterpiece right yeah the masterpiece and uh that was that was the open category and so Ash uh, took that one home with his um, his gargant, mega gargant, uh, painted in like uh, comic book style. I want to say, is that the yeah? It's like three D. It's like yeah. cell shaded. Yeah, it looks yeah. yeah. Like I've I'd seen some pictures online, uh, but seeing it in person, it was just a, yeah, an absolute standout um, for yeah. that category. It was that was um, yeah. It was we decided on that one fairly quickly, <laughs> but um, yeah. that was probably the, the least difficult one to um to to pick but yeah if you um haven't seen it go on you know to twitter and uh look up ash McEwen and um he'll scroll yeah through he's his done a video and you'll see 3D, it there and, like a 3d yeah. video i had people being like no that's not real that's someone's taken it and they've like done this on they've taken a photo and they've done it on like uh like um Oh, not paint. Three, like a three D, some sort of three D, um, like a, gra- a graphics program. Graphics, graphics program. <laughs> and yeah. um, and then it's like, no, no. I've seen he's posted a three D video of it. It's real, and it's just it's mental. Like it works from every single angle, and yeah, it's so cool. Like I can't yeah. wait to see that army because I think he's done the next one as well. So um, yeah, yeah. I oh, seeing that as an actual because that's the thing with Ash's armies. They are gaming armies as well. Like hmm. he will play with that on the tabletop as well, which is the mental thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it looked, it looked wicked. Like I'm so glad I got to see it in person. So, yeah. 
Um, honorable mentions for um, for me for other armies out there. So Craig Anderson, uh, he put in a lot of effort into his uh, display and into his army. He was posting up a lot of um, sort of fluff pieces on um, Instagram, like videos with music in background and um, smoke and all sorts of cool stuff. And so he had um, a Bone Reapers army, but a, a lot of conversion into um, Tomb Kings uh, looking kind of stuff and um, had, you know, amazing names for all of his characters and yeah, a lot of a lot of love and effort and time had went gone into creating that army. I just want to shout you out, Craig, and and um, congratulate you on 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 that awesome effort. Um, I really enjoyed watching you build that and um, following you through and your in your journey on that. And um, yes, yeah, so I just wanted to acknowledge you, mate. And uh, another one for me was um, Kent Howe's Ardeneth army, beautifully painted, bright colours, gorgeous army to look at. Um, and um, yes, yeah, so I just want to shout you out as well, Kent. And um, yeah, congratulate you on, on that too. And my third uh, honourable mention goes to Alex Murray, of course. So I've already been mentioned before, but his um his uh Order Serpentis um Darkling Covens. Darkling Covens, yeah. Oh, Darkling Covens and um well slash Cities of Sigma um army um is has always it's always a joy to look at, always uh you know beautifully highlighted and um and painted and yeah. So it's cool. Cause it's cool to of... see because it's it's got a lot of those classic old miniatures. Which whenever oh, yeah. I look at whenever I look at old models now, compared to the like new ones, that how amazing they mm. look. It I'm always baffled that I can look at some and go, they look cool. But it's yeah. when someone does a really good paint job on like old models, you still go, okay, I can was, see, yeah. I can see the detail in these models that I think the the commoners like me can't bring out with our, our painting. Um, so yeah, no, it's a, it's a cool army. Yeah. Did you have any honorable mentions for, um, for armies? Yeah, I think well, as we said before, like Anthony's, I think Anthony's army looked great as well. Like it picked up coolest, but I also think it was really nicely painted. Um, yeah. Looked, re looked really great on the table. Um, Cody Howden's as well. His was another Gits army. Um, I think Gits are just one of those armies that end themselves almost like the Ideneth to, you can paint with lots and lots of colors. Like Cody's almost felt like my Seraphon, like, my skills kinks it was yeah. um it was lots of bright different colored like boy and bounders and mangler squigs and it looks really cool on the table um yeah i was gonna say craig's as well um with yeah. his converted kind of tomb king style obr um yeah looked really there cool some, um there was some oh and ben smitty's um squigs yeah his squigs again gloom spite again yeah yeah um and there was some really nice um there was some really nicely painted uh, cities armies there as well with some um you know pistoliers and and things like that i'm just trying to yeah that's who... austin's austin's, austin's yes yep tempest stylist yeah it's really yeah, nice so i was really admiring some of those um those are that army as well um but yeah yep i mean for anyone that wants to we have put up on, on the facebook page um uh, in the mortally wounded um, Facebook page you can go onto our photo albums and we've created a photo album for all of the uh, there's an album for actually all of the armies as they were set up for um, the player voting um, and then I've also created an album of all of the photos I took of all the games while they were happening because um, I went around and took photos of almost every single table for every single round um, and I've I've gone through and I've done the first round <laughs> of mm -hmm. the table number the players and the armies for every single photo for all the we had like 30 tables so it's a lot um to do but 
my intent is at some point I will get it done so that all of the photos say the round, the players and the armies, if anybody wants to go have a look. Um, but yeah, there's there's albums up there with you can see what the tables look like and um, and all the armies because um, I, th- I think the event looked fantastic over the weekend and yeah, it was super happy to to be running it and be able to walk through the hall and see all these cool, cool looking tables with great looking armies on them and people yeah. enjoying themselves and having fun. And Just, speaking yeah. of enjoying yourself. Um, one of the highlights from the weekend was uh, the beer hammer happening in the last round. Oh my god! Yes, you remember the beer hammer? Oh god! Yeah. yeah, I've never seen that before. No, it's amazing. Yeah, it drew. Was... They they drew such a crowd. So this was Nick, James, and um, Josh Foster, who yeah. are both in the D three Mortal Wounds um, club, and so they like they're club mates. They play all the time, and they have this game um, called beer hammer, which is they're playing Warhammer, but basically there's all these rules around drinking your beer or like finishing off your beer. And basically if you drink it down, you can slam your beer down onto the table on a coaster, obviously. Um, But you can slam (laughs) your beer down onto the table and that creates volcanic terrain. And so they're like trying to do this stuff and they're like, Nick's getting ready, lining up a charge with some flares or whatever into, into Josh's army. And I think he just like, drinks two beers and slams them down and basically just like creates a wall of beers. So like Nick can't like do this charge. Nick's just, <laughs> Nick's just like, ah, and there's all this volcanic terrain going off. And then other people apparently like they started to get a huge crowd of people watching cause they were one of the last games going on. And yeah. like all the spectators were allowed to finish their beers and put down volcanic terrain as well. So it, <laughs> oh, it was so funny because like they were both trying to win. And that's why it was so great because it was so silly, but they were both trying to win. And it was just like, honestly, it was brilliant. And like, you could have been like, oh, as a TO, like maybe people have been like, oh, it's a tournament. Like they should take things seriously. But I was like, it literally has no impact because if they play the game completely properly and normally, one of them wins, one of them loses. If they play the game this way, which they're both trying to win, one of them wins, one of them loses. Like it literally doesn't impact any of the players around them. They no. were both more than happy with what was happening. Everybody around was having an, like a brilliant time, just laughing their yeah. heads off. I went to watch and I was laughing. I came over and they were like, oh, is this okay? And I was like, you've got coasters. I don't care. <laughs> I just didn't want beers going onto the mats without yeah. coasters. But I was like, you've got coasters, go for it. Um, yeah, and it yeah. was, it, yeah, it was so good. It was hilarious. Like, just brilliant. Like, the D3 Mortal Wounds boys are just brilliant. I, I think they are my favorite club. I know I shouldn't pick favorites, but after <laughs> after after that, I was about going to say this weekend, but, like, after the Slaughter weekend, um, yeah, they, they are just the best yeah. group of boys. And they're always growing the club as well. They're not just trying to keep to their same group of, like, eight to ten of them. There's loads of them, and they're constantly bringing new people in. And they really yeah. support the event as well. Like, they all they all turn up for slaughter they were, the like, biggest, there was... they were the biggest club they were like the biggest club to come to sydney this year yeah there was um, loads of yeah. them and they they always come with the right attitude as well oh yeah um, yeah in like having fun and brogan has won best sports every Jeez, year no. that he's been um yeah. he didn't win it this year but um, he got second though second he got best second opinion. Um, and Josh from D3 Mortal Wins got first. Yeah, so yeah. it just shows that they, they have the right attitude and um, yeah. 
yeah, that guys. was yeah, that was definitely a highlight. One of my favorite things was I think it's on the Sunday night when we we're wrapping up. Um, uh, after you know we packing up or well, before we got ready to pack up, anyway, we we're having dinner with the D three guys um, at this big long table. Um, everyone's you know having a few beers because it was long weekend, so you know Sunday night, all good. Uh, but yeah, they go they have this ritual post event where they all sit together and um, have a laugh, have a chat, but they, every person, they go around the table, every person at the table talks about their, uh, their salty, the most salty moment and their most, and their sweetest moment. So they do their salty sweets and they go yeah. around the table and everyone uh, recounts their most saltiest moment in the tournament. Oh, and then the thing, obviously then the sweetest moment. So yeah, it's just a real great way to include everyone into in the conversation and um, have a laugh and carry on like lunatics and um, go around and, and just um, talk about talk about the funnest parts of about Warhammer, which are all those crazy moments and all those really salty moments when you roll a double one when you need that charge and or whatever the case may be, or Nagash getting taken off by um, a, a war cabbage turn one. <laughs> that was my salty moment. <laughs> But, uh, but that yeah. was but that was Tarot's sweet moment, James. So exactly, yeah, <laughs> it's the sweetest moment. Um, but yeah, that was I thought that was a fantastic way to wrap up event uh, the event, yep. and um, yeah, it was cool. So yeah, yep. shout out to the D three D three mortally wounded guys, mortal mortal wounds guys. Okay. Um, You've been yeah. integrated, apparently. Yeah, it's been done. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Thanks for coming, guys, and for everyone else who came as well. It, um, and yeah, it was fantastic weekend. Yeah, honestly, like everyone, like e- everyone that I saw was having a great time. Um, loads of people this year, in particular, like came up to me during the weekend after the event to say like really positive things about the like about the tournament. Like I had loads of people say it's the best tournament they've been to. Loads of people loved the venue. Um, yeah, everyone yeah. was really appreciative of like the no secondaries and the pre-rolled terrain yeah. and and stuff so uh, yeah i felt great like it was my birthday on the sunday as well like it's um mm. i always run it around that weekend so i get to do what i want because it's my birthday weekend and like people think it's a bit crazy running a tournament on your birthday but honestly the like th- this weekend just made me super happy and to be honest like proud to do it um like the community was great the feedback we got from the venue like outsiders of everybody at the event was great and honestly it was just it was just music to my ears it made me really happy and i had such a good weekend getting on the getting on the getting on the beers um as as, a certain premier likes to (laughs) likes to say um get on the beers um so yeah i uh i uh had a, a a fair few Jaeger bombs as well on the Sunday. Bought bought Liam a couple of Jaeger bombs because we have the same birthday, so we did some birthday bombs. Um, Liam wasn't happy about it, but I I love Jaeger. Um, and then I think I had like three more in the evening while we were having those drinks with the the D three boys as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was great. Um, should we just go over the just the other yeah. um, awards? Yeah, yeah quickly um so obviously joel uh graham took out the event first place with his bone splitters um with the uh ambles hero that yeah definitely <laughs> definitely broke the pack um having yeah like 15 wounds on a three up ignoring rend save with a four up after save that you have to charge it and you can't retreat from it um 
I think he said like that mod that model never died and it won him every single game. And yeah, like I say, as soon as his list came through and I read it, I was like, fuck, that's won the event. But so be it. Um and yep. then Matt Campbell came in second. He's just always consistent. He won it last year. Um did yep. he win it? I can't even remember. Did he win it the year before as well? Um Poss- quite possible, probably. <laughs> um but yeah, and I mean he went from um like a, a draw in the first game um to kind of just staying consistent and yeah taking second place um and he didn't use any anvils heroes or anything and he took a tempest eye list so it wasn't like he was just using his corn um so he he changed armies as well um so yeah well done matt he always does well um and then broad came third he was playing joel uh, for for the tournament, and he he could have had him at one point. I was actually going like, Broad's orcs are better than Joel's orcs. It all basically just came down to <laughs> did the Anvil's hero kill the uh, the more Crusher quickly or not? And I think from all accounts, Broad got a few unlucky rolls on his save rolls um, against yeah. the four the four damage four attacks. Um, I think Broad rolled four twos, and it just died in one turn. Which um, unfortunately for Broad sealed sealed the game because then Joel's big dude was free to just go and deal with the rest of his army. But I think there was a moment there while it, they were thinking it, it could have gone in Broad's favour, which was awesome because Broad hadn't taken this super abusive Anvil's hero. Like he'd taken a small, cheap wizard to get the teleport spell with like a plus to cast yeah. for for cheap, which was a good use of it. But it wasn't this definitely wasn't this crazy broken thing that joel had and and he was still in with the chance which i liked um yeah and broad's broad's a great guy and he yeah i think he just he kept saying every single game that more crusher made turn one charge and just destroyed key units like he played liam i think the game before and um i think liam just misdeployed broad went in smashed off his sisters in one go and then one priority and was going to go straight into the bow stakes and they just called it as soon as Broad won that priority on turn two, which is pretty yeah. mental. Um, so well done, Broad, for taking out third with um, Iron Jaws. Uh, so then best destruction, we had Joel, obviously. Um, and then best order went to Sean Hay, who had a, a, a last-minute kind of change of heart. I don't think he was going to get his intended army painted. Um, what was that, his OBR, I think? Yeah, I think it was um, going to take OBR, yeah. Um, but he changed it to the one-drop um long strikes stormcast battalion um with the 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 three the three battalions in the the mega battalion um yeah. and yeah he he's come before and done well um he's played that he, list or, or variants of it yeah he was best order last year too <laughs> yeah like he's yeah. with again similar list um yeah i think he had the prime last year but yeah he's he's used to using the long strikes and the and the equilor um and stuff like that. So well done, Sean. Um, best death went to Nathan Lee, who was playing Flesh Eater Courts. Um, he yeah. had a de- he had a decent Anvil's hero um, yeah. as well, which is which is a cool conversion. Yeah, super cool um, conversion. It was. I'm not sure what the base model was. I didn't recognize it as a GW miniature. Um, I think it was, um, but it was kind of like an undead zombie, like skeletal dragon thing. But he'd used like the Neferata mount, um, like armor plates and stuff like that and the head head and and stuff Mm. um and obviously had like a ghoul king on it with a big glaive that i think he'd made from like an archive or something yeah spirit a spirit sword or a spirit halberd yeah yeah so that that looked really cool um and then best chaos was taken out by ash McEwen with his zinch um 
so yeah well well done ash as well he came in like fifth i think fifth or sixth Six, uh sixth, sixth. yeah um sixth overall um yep. and yeah took best chaos so well done ash um and then the almighty forge smith also went to joel graham because it was the person at the event that placed the highest that used an anvil's hero so <laughs> obviously i think yeah. joel <laughs> joel's anvil's hero was the thing that won the, him the event so um not surprisingly he took out that award as well um yeah. And and then the wooden spoon went to Shem O'Brien, who you said you had a great game against with the Skaven. Um, yeah. And then yeah, I think we've mentioned before, best opponent was Josh Foster, and the second best opponent was Brogan Clark. That's it. So that's Sydney Slaughter for twenty twenty one. Yeah. And with that, should we uh, have another quick message from our sponsors? War and Peace Games are a New South Wales Central Coast-based online hobby shop specialising in cutting-edge historical plastic and metal miniatures, including Warlord Games, Gripping Beast, Crusader, and the renowned Perry Miniatures, to name just a few. Of course, they have a fantastic range of hobby products such as paints, tools, bottling supplies, as well as a wide range of Games Workshop miniatures at an 11% discount. You can find them at www warandpeacegames.com.au Urban Mats produces a wide and diverse range of high quality neoprene gaming mats which come in many sizes including the new AOS recommended size of 44 by 60 inches. They also specialise in pre-painted terrain catering to the AOS and gothic fantasy aesthetic, your next dungeon crawler adventure and sci-fi planet shaking conquest. All this and more can be found in their online shop at urbanmats.com That's Urban Mats with a Z. Okay, so uh, that is our sponsors for Sydney Slaughter. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors, and um, hopefully we'll see you again next year. Um, now we're going to talk about future events. So a few events of events have had to be shifted. I know uh, Nerdstar Games in Goulburn uh, were having their event in early July. Next, I think it's not this weekend, weekend after. Uh, but due to the latest sort of spate of um, lockdowns and whatnot, um, so Robbie's had to change the event. Uh, so that's coming through now on August the 7th and 8th. Yeah, that's Battle to the Death, 2,000 points, Age of Sigma. Uh, it's going to be um, AOS 3 as well. So originally it was going to be AOS 2 to kind of sneak in a, a last another two-day before um, the close of the Masters season. War Under the Mountains on the 17th to the 18th um, of July, and that is at... It's in Orange. It's in Orange. Yeah, that's in mm. Orange. So this is Josh's uh, Josh Griffith's event. Uh, so he's... It's another 2,000-point um, fully catered five-game Age of Sigmar tournament. Uh, so he capped at 40 players. Uh, that's uh, coming up soon. So hopefully the, uh, the lockdowns and things don't impact that too much. I know there's a bunch of Sydney guys planning to go up. Um, so, yeah, uh, hopefully... Um, that that will stay, but um, yeah, good luck with uh, with that, Josh. Uh, that's War Under the Mountain, July seventeenth, the eighteenth. Uh, then next up um, in September, I've got Goblin Smash Two, which is uh, another two thousand point one day, are three games um, here in Goulburn, in Goulburn, uh Saturday the eighteenth of September. So that's our uh, Goblin Gamers Guild Club Day. Uh, so we'll be running Goblin Smash 2 for that event. So uh, I'll be developing the players pack for that, and I'll get that out over the next month or so. Uh, yeah, we could. On I was going to say we've, got some, we've, got, some, we've yeah. got some more events in August. Oh, yes, um, yes. 
But yeah, so on the 21st and 22nd of August um, at the Padstow RSL, so the Slaughter venue, um, Liam is now going to be hosting uh, a Teams event um, and it will be AOS 3. So obviously anyone that was following the whole Masters stuff online will know that Masters was originally supposed to be in Sydney, but for one reason or another, it's been moved. Um, It was going to be held at Padstow RSL and so we had that booking and so the benefit I guess of it moving now is that we've got a booking for that weekend um, and now that we've been able to keep all of the terrain and everything from Slaughter in the storage cupboard at the RSL all of that terrain is now available for the other clubs and stuff to use um, so Liam is able to now basically run an event because the terrain is there um, so he's decided he's going to put on uh, an AOS 3 teams event um, on the 21st and 22nd of August. Um, and that's called the Pantheon AOS teams event on Facebook. Um, it's 16 teams. So 64 players, it's teams of four. Um, and they all have to be, um, I think they all have to be from a different, um, grand Alliance. Um, although I'm no, I don't think they do. They just can't have duplicate war scrolls. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, opens you could do four order armies or or whatever you wanted um he's i think he's got about 12 or 13 teams currently registered so he's nearly sold out already but there are a few spaces left if anybody wants to do a an aos three teams event um in sydney i think it it will be super fun um i'm going down for that one because I've been wanting the the guys to run some events in sydney for a long time now so that i could actually play in some and so when this is happening i was like I have to go because it's going to be AOS 3 and it's Teams, which is like my favorite thing. So, uh, yeah, I got permission somehow. I don't know how, uh, <laughs> but I got permission. So I'll be going back down to Sydney um, to play in that, which I'm super excited for. And then the following weekend, so the 28th and 29th uh, of August, we've got the Toowoomba Open, um, obviously up in not Brisbane, but up in Toowoomba, um, Queensland. Um, and I'm going to that event as well, which is why I was baffled that I actually got given permission to go to the Sydney event because I was already going to Toowoomba. I thought I was <laughs> going to have to make a hard decision and decide which one I was going to be allowed to go to, but somehow yeah, Mitch, yeah. Mitch has somehow said yes and I can go to both. So I am going to have back-to-back weekends of Warhammer, which I'm in two different states, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'll I'll have Toowoomba open. I think Smorgan's coming up for that one, um, yeah. and stuff. So I'm very much looking forward to going up, seeing those guys. Um, I think Mick and Gemma, obviously failed charge, are kind of r- helping run that one. I think Gary's the main organizer, but I think failed charge are also kind of running it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's 40 players that sold out like immediately. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've got that on the the last weekend of August, um, and then yeah, you've uh, got uh, some more events into, coming up. Yeah, so leading into October, uh, so we've got the sixteenth and the seventeenth of October. Uh, we've got the Sydney GT, so it's um, Anthony's um, annual event, uh, Sydney GT at the Canterbury Leagues Club. So that's in for that weekend. So Anthony always puts a huge amount of effort into his players' pack and with different kind of prizes and um, features. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to that one. I've got a ticket for that. Um, so yeah, that's in October, Sydney GT. Um, uh, then last, but by no means least, we've got the Runax team championship 2021. Uh, that's been held at, uh, Fitzy's Logan home up in, up in, um, Brisbane. 
Uh, so it's the 6th and the 7th of November. So that'll be, I'm going there as well with the Wet Palette Warriors. And I think you're going with the Elf Bros. Yeah. Um, and now that, that, now that that's yeah. only half an hour away from me, I'm definitely going. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think Brandon, I'll do another road trip. <laughs> we'll, um, yeah, we'll brave the, brave the roads and the borders. Hopefully everything is all good. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's events that we know of up until this up until the end of the year, pretty much. Um, yeah, if there's any more events that we've missed, um, uh, then yeah, hit us up. And if you want us to um, talk about your events, just flick us a um, a message, and we'll make sure we include it in yeah. our um, in our rundowns. But um, yeah, that's that's it from us for events for the rest of the year. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to be able to make Sydney GT um this year unfortunately um yeah i think i yeah I, i'm i'm very lucky that i'm we'll being able to to do yeah. to do the two events in august and then doing runax in um november anyway but um yeah like mitch is going away for like 10 days or something to do the shitbox rally um in october and that like the weekend he gets back is that weekend of um sydney gt so i definitely can't go away for that but that's okay um I'm yeah, sure Anthony. Yeah. Won't, I'm sure Anthony won't miss me. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a big event. Um, would have liked to go, but yeah, unfortunately not one I can make this year. But um, I do get to do Runax, which I missed out on last year. So I'm very much looking forward to Runax again. Yep. Cool. So that's events and uh, anything else. Yeah, that's that's it for me. Really, um, was super super happy with Sydney Slaughter this year. Um, it. It did everything I, I hoped it would. Um, had a great time running it. Um, thank you, everyone, for coming and, and bringing the attitudes that you brought and enjoying yourselves and having a great time. Thank you to everybody for you that kind of spoke to me or James and um, gave us feedback. Um, we take everything on. I really appreciate all your super positive comments. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just to, just to confirm for those that weren't at the event and don't necessarily know, obviously – James is in Goulburn. I've moved up, moved up to Brisbane. So we had been discussing the future um, of Sydney Slaughter, but we have decided that we are going to keep it in Sydney, um, <laughs> and we will keep we will keep running it. So Sydney Slaughter will continue, um, and it will continue to be held at Padstow. Um, and yeah. yeah, obviously, if we can keep, we will keep doing what we can to make the event um, not necessarily bigger because I think we found the right capacity for the hall. Yes, um, that that seven that seventy players I think is the right capacity for the hall. It was it was comfortable, um, yep. but not but not empty. Like we could squeeze a couple more tables in, but I don't think it would be worth it. Um, so I, I don't think it will go bigger, but we will do everything we can I think to to make it better. And um, obviously the positive feedback we've had in terms of getting mm. cheaper venue higher in future is gonna is gonna help significantly with that. Um, and the fact that we've got all the terrain now again is going to help just it's just going to help for us to invest more and more into the event um obviously james we had those custom coins made up this year for everybody that came um which i think went down went down a treat i've had a bunch of people message us after the event asking where we got them done um i know we were both both super stoked with how they turned out um so uh we'll hopefully look to continue those and and do a, a commemorative kind of coin each year so people can try and collect the set. I know Liam's already bugging me to have 
uh, a back order made for, for 2019, 18, and 17. Oh, yeah. they um, collect the whole set. <laughs> collect the whole set. I'm not sure if we yeah. we will, but um, no. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, I'm just yeah for for Sydney Slaughter, definitely the best one yet. Super happy with it, um, yeah. and I can't wait to to run it next year for AOS three and just playing more Warhammer. I'm I'm in a really great spot with the hobby now. I think I've got my hobby mojo back. And I'm super keen for AOS 3. The practice games I've played have been great. I think it is going to be the best edition of the game um, that we've had. They've done a lot to tighten up a lot of the rules. There's still a few things, as there always will be, but um, that need just looking at. But the game mm. feels great to play. It feels much more interactive during both players' turns. Um, okay, that's good. With all of the heroic actions and the monstrous rampages and the command points and using things like um, unleash hell and redeploy um, and rally and stuff like that. You're always doing things like unbinding um, or dispelling like endless spells in both hero phases. And it just feels much more interactive. You're never just standing there while someone does all their things and tells you to take models off. Um, You get to move, you get to move your models in your opponent's turn and stuff now potentially. And um, it feels, it feels really dynamic um and i'm enjoying like i've really enjoyed the games i've played so far so um yeah i know you haven't had a chance to play yet but i think once you get your head around it and you've got your ghb and you get to play some games i think you'll really enjoy it too so yeah Yeah. i'm 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 super super pumped for for warhammer right now yeah yeah i'm looking forward to getting my getting my head around it and playing some games and getting my the next 120 zombies painted um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think one thing which we haven't mentioned, Chris, and that is, um, just wanted to shout out the scrub hammer guys who came down from Port Macquarie. Yes. Um, so those guys were an absolute, absolute pleasure to have. Um, they all came up and uh, individually and as a group, um, uh, throughout the weekend and, uh, they had to, had to peel off, um, you know, before we could do the awards, unfortunately, but they had to get on the road, bit of a, bit of a trip. Um, but they were fantastic guys. If, uh, if you're listening, thank you for coming down. Um, it means a lot to us that you've traveled all that way, uh, down. And um, speaking of people traveling, we've, we've have people come to Sydney sort of from, from near and far. So we had, obviously we had Joel, Joel Graham, uh, has come up from, um, from down on the border, uh, down at, uh, in Bendigo. I believe he lives up near. No, he's Albury. Around the, He's Aubrey, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's uh, come up from the Borderlands, but he's part of the Measured, Ga- measured Gaming crew, as is um, Tyson Gleason. So, uh, guys, uh, we really appreciate you uh, making the effort uh, to to drive up um, all that way from. I know Tyson, you've come up from uh, Bendigo, um, and we've got all the guys coming who have come up from Canberra. Um, yep. so we've got the chaos guy. So Dave Hurley, who actually was there on on Friday night and helped us um, and set everything up um and yeah thank you dave yeah it's a big help and yeah and even like within sydney like sydney is like quite a large area and it can take you at least 40 minutes to an hour to drive across town to get to these events as well so it's not a it's not a, a small feat and um so yeah. yeah shout out to all the all the clubs um who who came and um from near and far so yeah just wanted yeah. to make sure we acknowledge those guys yep michael thompson as well came up from canberra as well so yeah yeah has he paid Thompson. us yet? Have you paid us yet, Michael? Have you? Have you paid us? <laughs> the yes, debt collector will be knocking at your door if not. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's we're all squared away. <laughs> um, yeah. That's it. That's it from me. 
Okay, cool. Um, I think with that, then we'll we'll call it a show. And um, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully it won't be too long for the next one. And uh, we can regale you with tales of AOS 3. You've been listening to Mortally Wounded Podcast. You can contact Chris on Twitter at Wounded Mortally. You can contact James on Instagram at Duke Cadrick. Our website is www.mortallywoundedpodcast.com. Check out the shop where you'll find some super sexy swag for your hobby. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. This is a production of the Australian Age of Sigma Podcast Network. Wow.